a content warning ahead of this week's episode. This week's episode partially addresses the system of public execution in the Edo period. Listener discretion is advised. Hi friends, Nairi here. I'm back from my first modest in-person event in two years. Gather around and listen up. Let's talk before the show. Friends, this work is my passion, and it is picking up. Not just this podcast, but also articles, streams, podcast appearances, consults on documentaries, major progress on my manuscripts, and it merits my full attention. Thanks to you, it is now my full-time job, and I'd like to keep it that way, and here's why. Piecemeal freelance work is unpredictable and infrequent, and book royalties ebb, as they have been recently. That's where you come in. Every little bit that you support here helps support me and keep me working for you. Your support does more than just keep me housed and keep the lights on. It also lets me make appearances at conventions, like I did last week at Western Pennsylvania Furry Weekend. So if you enjoy my work, sign up today, patreon.com slash riversidewings, or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings. In a time when historical awareness is vitally critical, your support will help me bring my professional training, plus my passion as someone who started out in fandom before academe, to the masses. So even as we read the novels, watch the movies, play the games, let's round out our appreciation of the real people, ideas, events, and more that go into making them. History is funnier, messier, stranger, more interconnected, and yes, gayer than you might have thought. So gather round, let's explore and enjoy it together. Thanks again for your support. I love you all. Thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. This week on Friday Night History, the Fox Osan of the Six Spears. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakelian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Friday Night History number 38, Season 2, Episode 5. The Fox Osan of the Six Spears. It was my first full day in Sendai, the beginning of September, when the air was still humid and the summer heat still lingering over the Pacific coast. It wasn't just hot, mind you, but it was humid to the point that the air felt a little soupy in the hottest part of the day. I relished being indoors and in the air-conditioned peace of either my apartment or the local mall, but humidity be damned, there were things I wanted to be doing because after so very long of wanting to come to Japan, I was finally here. So I went into the streets around my neighborhood, which was in the north side of the city, near the municipal boundary in Izumi Ward. This was formerly an independent city which got annexed by Sendai in the 1980s during its last major expansion. And there was so much to explore, even in this soupy, humid air. In my footsore wandering those hills and alleys, I found a lot of local history in the form of physical, tangible heritage, especially in those first few days before school had actually begun in earnest, and I had a lot of downtime. There were many shrines, temples, historical markers, and more, and all of it was stuff I would frequently return to during my time there. I learned, for instance, that there was a little shrine behind some apartment buildings 
that overlooked National Route 4, the road that used to be the old Oshu Highway. I learned that there was a crossroads guardian shrine behind a set of billboards at a nearby intersection. I found, to my delight, that my apartment was on the site of Matsumori Castle, a Muromachi-era fort that became one of the Date clan's most important hunting preserves. Closer to Izumichuo, the district with the subway terminal and ward office and big shopping mall, at Jisoji Temple, I chanced upon the grave of Terasaka Kichiemon, the only survivor of the 47 men who committed the famous revenge assault in the Akko incident of 1701. So yeah, there was a lot there. And on the south side of the Nanakita River, only about a block and a half away from the Sendai Subway's Yaotome Station, I found a little stone monument by the roadside in Prefectural Route 22. It looked like a Buddhist gravestone, and I couldn't quite read the inscription, but I could tell it was very old. Probably older than the modern road that passed by it. Beside it was a red-bibbed, red-hatted stone statue of Jizo-sama, one of the Buddhist guardians of the crossroads. His statue often appears in graveyards. After a while, I realized I wasn't alone. A man was taking pictures, and he struck up a conversation with me. He directed me to some contemporary interpreter signage I'd missed on my way in. This man, Mr. N, told me he was new in the area, and was exploring the local history and the various historical markers set up in the city. So what's this? I asked, gesturing at the stones. This, he said, was Sendai Demand's execution ground, which explained the memorial. But let's back up a moment and explain. As we've been saying often this season, if you want to make sure that a yokai or a hungry ghost is going to be at least not a threat, you have to acknowledge them, usually via memorial or enshrinement or both. And the sites of Edo period execution grounds in particular have a history of being haunted and thus needing some kind of memorial. A really inventive approach to pacifying these restless spirits appears in the testimony of Takagi Fukusaburo, one of the people interviewed in Saga Junichi's Memories of Silk and Straw series of interviews. These were interviews conducted around Tsuchiura in Ibaraki Prefecture. Saga was a physician who took an interest in the stories of his elderly local patients. Takagi's grandfather was a ranger for the daimyo of Tsuchiura-han, Lord Tsuchiya. But the man was also Lord Tsuchiya's primary public executioner, and as for the execution ground, outside a Tsuchiura suburb called Tozaki, Takagi says, quote, We kids were scared to go near the cemetery even during the daytime, and at night we'd always sprint past it. They later built a cinema on the spot, and when the foundations were being dug, the workmen came across piles and piles of bones. The folk from Tozaki all came along to have a look. In the end, they decided they'd better get a priest out to pray for the souls of the victims. And one of the reasons why they built the cinema, rather than some more practical building, you know, was to entertain the ghosts of the men executed there. Bored ghosts can become spiteful, it's said. But all those bones, gods know how many people must have been killed on that site. End quote. That day, in September 2005, the execution ground I'd happened upon was well within the modern city limits, but in the Edo period, it was part of Nanakita, an outlying village to the north, but it was on the fringes of Nanakita. This was by design. 
First, because samurai sentenced to death had a whole different set of rules, and also because the warrior caste, as those who sat atop the social hierarchy, used public execution as a way of reminding those that they subjugated where the power of life and death lay, putting it in the liminal space outside the castle town, but not quite to the next town over on the national highway, sent a clear message. But that execution ground at Nanakita was not the only one in Sendai Domain. Remember, Sendai Domain was very big, the fourth largest domain in Japan. It was also a decentralized domain, a microcosm of the broader system of shogunate and domains. And out across Sendai Bay, there was another execution ground. It was in Monol County, on the roadside in the space between Hirobuchi and Akai villages. Today, this is a part of Kanan, a district of Ishinomaki, Miyagi Prefecture. Ishinomaki is the city on the opposite side of the bay from Sendai. It sits at the mouth of the Kitakami River and has been one of the major ports in the area for centuries. On that execution ground between the two villages near the port, bandits in particular were executed by spearing. Haritsuke is the Japanese term for this. So the story goes that once a particularly formidable highwayman was executed there by officials of the domain. But he survived the first one, only to laugh and go, ha, that was weak. And so the executioner stabbed him again, and again the highwayman just laughed. Come on already, stab me like you mean it. Six times this person was stabbed before he finally died. But that's not the end of the story, folks. Not at all. Remember, a particularly powerful soul in life stays a powerful soul in death, all the more so if they're wronged in death, or otherwise don't die peacefully. So there came a time, some time after the high women's execution, that there were reports of a kitsune who haunted the road between those two villages. People who survived their encounters reported that the kitsune took the form of a woman called Osan, claiming she was from the next village over. Osan would offer to guide unwary travelers, playing tricks on them only to make them more lost. In time, the locals believed that this kitsune was the spirit of the highwayman who needed six strikes of the spear to die. And so they called her Rokuyari no Osanko, the fox Osan of the six spears. Now, I haven't visited Ishinomaki yet, so I can't say I've been to the site of this former execution ground. But in every country I've lived, I've seen my share of liminal spaces and how they persist despite changes in time, fashion, and architecture. So I'd like to think that Osan of the Six Spears is still out there in Ishinomaki, messing with people on the road. I hope the years have been kind to her. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp. With me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings, or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings and catch gaming, historical banter, and episode recordings. 
You can find my audio fiction and other short work for sale at riversidewings.itch.io and check out my novel at bit.ly slash ebook. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Jogezan Temple. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around.